All right, well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our adult class. We have another handout. Does everyone have a handout? If not, uh, Brother Cookston's there in the back. Raise your hand, get his attention, and we've got some fill-ins for you. So uh, take a look at that, and uh, hopefully you have a pen as well or pencil. You can follow along as we go through our lesson this morning. And once again, we are considering the things that we are going to see when we get to heaven. And last week, actually, uh, we're going to be in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12 is our text verse uh, here this morning. We read this last week. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 22. The word of God uh, says this, but ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And we looked at that last week. If you were here in our class, we studied what the heavenly Jerusalem is going to be like, something that really is indescribable. The Bible does give us some descriptions in terms of the dimensions of the new Jerusalem or the heavenly Jerusalem, and just mind-blowing, and the physical description of of what it is constructed with, the streets of gold, the gems that uh, make up the, the foundation of the wall, the, the things that just our minds are unable to fully grasp and comprehend the things that God has prepared for us. And so we looked at the heavenly Jerusalem, and the writer here in Hebrews is, is describing these things that we are going to see when we get to heaven. The first thing we're going to see, or one of the things we're going to see, is this heavenly Jerusalem. We looked at that this week, and then today, what we are going to look at and and just study briefly and look at some scripture verses. The second thing, notice in verse 22, it says, You are come into the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable, innumerable company of of angels, an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable means it cannot be counted. The angels cannot be counted. And uh, this is what we're going to look at here this morning. And I want to give you some things about angels because we're going to see these innumerable uh, company of angels cannot be counted. You know, um, there are many things that cannot be counted. The Bible talks about the stars in heaven. You ever on a clear night looked up and just uh, just tried to even uh, count? Well, of course, there's stars that you can't even see. Um, and science has told us that it's just innumerable. The other thing, and I, in fact, I was reading in the book of Psalms, Psalms 139. Um, it talks about the sand of the sea is innumerable. Let me read you this because this was an encouragement to me. This morning over in Psalms 139 and uh, verse 17, the psalmist writes, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. You ever thought about what God thinks about? Uh, God thinks about us and the psalmist is writing, how great are they? Let's try to add up or or, um, define God's thoughts towards us. How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. 
When I awake, I am still with thee. What a wonderful, comforting thought to know that God thinks about you. And uh, if you were to be able to um, add up the number of thoughts that God has towards you and towards me, it's, it's more than the sands of the sea. <clears throat> and so we're talking about things that can't be counted, innumerable. Innumerable means cannot be counted. When we get to heaven, there is going to be an unnumberable amount of angels. And so let's, uh, let's look at this here this morning. And the first thing that I want to uh, just bring out some points. And so we're just going to go one by one. You have your fill-in sheets there. And so you can fill these out as we go through. And uh, we're just going to move rather quickly through this and I want to give you some scripture that of course backs up everything that we are going to talk about here this morning and the first thing as we consider angels we're going to see angels an innumerable company of them in heaven as uh, the book of Hebrews tells us and uh, angels number one they are created things or created beings over in Colossians chapter number one verse number 16 The Bible tells us, for by him, that is God, were all things created. God created everything. Uh, All things were created by God that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That includes you and I. We were created by God, and we were created by God for him. But you know, angels are the same way. They were a creation of God for his pleasure, for him. And so they are created beings, and they're different than the human uh, beings, human race. Uh, Angels, the, the Bible talks about them. They are a company, a company. They are not a race. Um. They were all created at one time. Angels were not, uh, God did not create the first angel and uh, male and female, and then they procreated, and now they've uh, created or um, reproduced into an innumerable number. That is not how angels uh, were created. God created them all at one time. And this time was sometime before the present heaven and earth. And uh, look over at the, the scripture there in Job. Job chapter 38. We know this to be the case. Job uh, 38, verse number 4, beginning there. As Job is, is talking with God, God says, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? You ever uh, argue with God or, or uh, try to, to talk back and with God and and uh, you know Job, <laughs> this passage in in Job uh, really kind of puts man in his place. God says, "Where were you when I created the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it?" Verse number six: Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? These are some questions that, you know, 
we, man, uh, they struggles to understand. But God, of course, did all of these things. He laid the foundations. He knows how this world works. Man's just trying to figure it out. But verse number seven. So when God was creating this world, the heavens and the earth as we know it, Verse number seven, it says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, I believe the verse seven, this is talking about angels. It's talking about the angels as they were singing um, and uh, shouts of joy as God was creating the earth. And so uh, I don't know at what point before this earth was created. Did God decide to create the angels? The Bible doesn't tell us that. But God created all of the angels at one time, sometime before he created the earth. Now, um, the sort of the answer or uh, understanding the, these, uh, the morning stars singing together and the sons of God. Earlier in the book of Job, Job chapter number 1 and, um, oh, I don't have this verse up there for you, but you can uh, turn there if you'd like. Job chapter 1, verse number 6. This, of course, is at the very beginning of the book of Job. You know the story of Job. And it tells us something about the angels. And the angels are accountable to God. Just like you and I are accountable as created beings, we are accountable one day we will give account. We will stand before God and give account. The angels are no different. They were created by God, and they do that very thing. They report to God. Verse uh, number 6 of chapter 1, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So uh, going back to this passage here in Job chapter 38. Who are the, the, the morning stars singing together? And, and who are the sons of God? Well, I believe, comparing Scripture with Scripture and the context of this, these are the angels they, uh, that are shouting for joy when God created this earth. And uh, Job chapter 1 verse 6 tells us that the angels, they, they have to come and give account of God and we know the story with Job remember it was Satan who was a he's a fallen angel uh, he was he came also before the Lord you know Satan is uh, has to go before God and give account for what he's doing we know that to be the case but anyway angels are created beings and they are a company they're not a race like you and I and uh, because of that We've answered this next question. They don't reproduce. Angels do not reproduce. Jesus said over in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 30, when he was speaking on the subject of the resurrection as he was uh, talking with the Sadducees at this time, and uh, he says this about the resurrection. Or in the resurrection, it says, They neither marry nor are given in marriage but are as the angels of God in heaven. And this tells us something about when we are in heaven. We're not going to be married. <laughs> We're not going to uh, reproduce in heaven. We're going to be as the angels. They don't. 
have they don't marry they don't reproduce and so it gives us some insight into that number four the angels are spirit beings they're spirit beings the psalmist says in psalm 104 verse 4 who hath who maketh his angels spirits his ministers of flaming fire Hebrews 1, verse 14, are they not all ministering, speaking of angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? And so angels are spirit beings, and they are very real. Don't get me, don't think that, oh, well, spirit beings aren't, uh, they're, they're not real. They are, they are very real. They are immaterial which means they don't have material substance like you and I. We have a physical body. We are a body, soul, and spirit. Angels are spirit beings. They don't have the, the body, the physical body. And so because of that, they are normally unseen. We don't see angels every day. It's because they're spirits. They um, they don't have a physical body, but none, they are just as real as you and I. Now, uh, you know, here's a, the major misunderstanding. And angels are always, in the, the word of God, in the Bible, they are always described as being masculine and uh, wingless. There's a caveat to the wingless, though. Um that's apart from the seraphim and the cherubim. Those are types of angels. They do have wings. But, you know, nowadays when people just think of angels and if you um, really what they're what they envision is really what creative art has has done. You know, people have drawn up pictures of angels. They, of course, have never seen angels in real life because uh, they're normally spirit beings they are immaterial that's why you and i we can't see them um but you know that how do they picture how do they paint and draw pictures of angels well they're usually feminine uh, or have very feminine features long hair they always have wings and is that really what angels look like well not according to the bible now, the Bible does give us a description of the seraphim. They have six wings, not two. Um, and with, you know, two are covering, they, they're circling the throne of God. And um, I would, I would uh, as, as the world characterizes and, and paints the picture of what an angel looks like, they're very affectionate. I don't know the types of words, right? They're very um, uh, comforting uh that's why guardian angels but you know in reality if we could see angels today if we could see a cherub angel you know what we would probably feel like um you know what reaction we would probably have the bible gives us a very good description of what a cherub looks like we would be so scared to death they are so intimidating they've got this ring of uh, eyes going around this wheel around them they i mean there are uh passages of in, in the word of god that talks about when uh people did see a cherub i mean 
the fear, <laughs> they talk about the fear of God. Uh, these, they are very terrifying, intimidating figures. And the Bible tells us that they are also very powerful beings. Very powerful beings. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might. And so they have abilities far greater than you and I have. Physical uh, abilities. And so very powerful beings. Very powerful beings. Not like the world character. You know, Satan, the god of this world, loves to paint uh, pictures that go against the word of God. And so he's done that with, with of course, angels. Most people uh, have a completely mis, uh, unbiblical view of what they are. But they're very par- powerful beings. Uh, number seven, angels are extremely swift beings. Now, we were just in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter number nine. You may remember this, um, this passage of scripture. Daniel chapter nine, number nine contains one of the most important prophecies in the Word of God. And, of course, that prophecy is the prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks, which is a picture, a prophecy that God had given Daniel that talks about God's plan for uh, plan and purpose for his people, the Jews. And so the 70-week prophecy. And in Daniel chapter number 9 and uh Daniel is is praying, and again, remember this is one of the this is the only interrupted prayer in the Word of God. It's not polite to interrupt people when they pray, but Daniel was interrupted here by Gabriel, one of the angels. And uh, let me just uh, read a couple verses here. Daniel chapter number nine, verse number twenty one. Angels are extremely. I said they're powerful, but they're very quick, very swift. Verse number 21, it says, Yea, whilst I was uh, speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, Gabriel's an angel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the very beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I came to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. And then that was when Gabriel explained. He had this message for Daniel uh, from God. And so Gabriel, though, Daniel had started to pray. What does the Bible say? At the very beginning, as he began to pray, Gabriel left heaven as Daniel was praying and uh, arrived on earth before the prayer was even finished. And so no doubt, uh, no doubt, very swift. What else do we know about angels? Well, we do know, I said they are spirit beings, which is why we don't normally see them. We see with our physical eyes today. Um, and spiritually we see through faith. One day we will see, uh, as we will see spiritually, but now we see through the eyes of faith spiritually. But angels understand, angels can materialize 
in human form. Now, normally they are spirit uh, beings. We don't see them, but they can. We know this to be the case because there are many instances in the Word of God where they did just that. Uh, talked to, well, we just were in the book of Daniel. There, Gabriel met with Daniel. Um, but look over in uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter number 18. Genesis chapter number 18, we see an instance here when angels did uh, take human form and they were talking with Abraham. It says in verse number 1, we won't read the whole chapter, I just have some of the verses up here. It says, And the Lord appeared unto him, that's Abraham, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And then uh, down in verse number um, verse number 16 and so this this passage of scripture here in, in uh, Genesis chapter 18 this is when Abraham and Sarah they were um, waxed old in age beyond the age of having children and yet the Lord is talking with Abraham and then who shows up some angels show up and or some men show up with Abraham and have a conversation with Abraham. And who was in the tent eavesdropping? It was Sarah. Sarah and the, the men, they are in human form. They uh, talk with Abraham and they have a message for Abraham. They say, you and Sarah are going to conceive and have a son. And, um, and then, of course, we know the story. Sarah overhears this. And within her within her heart, she she denies it. That's impossible. I'm I'm uh, is she 90? And so um, then they question her and they say, why are you laughing inside? She's like, I'm not laughing. They call her out, of course. But nonetheless, these are angels that God had sent to deliver a very important message to Abraham and Sarah. And they uh, they came and they were speaking with Abraham in verse 16 says and the men arose up after delivering the message to abraham and sarah they arose up from thence and looked towards sodom and abraham went with them to bring went with them okay you see that this is not abraham seeing a vision these are men going with abraham uh, to bring them on the way in verse 22 and the men turned their faces from thence and went <laughs> faces they Abraham could see these angels, these men uh, talking. But um, And then it says, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now, we read on from verse 22. Now Abraham goes back and he starts talking with God and uh, because he knows the angels now are headed to Sodom and Gomorrah. And where, who do you think they're going to go visit next? Lot. And you know that they had a very strong message for Lot. They say, you need to get out of the city, you and your family. And, um, and so we know that, again, those same men or angels, they're not men. They took human form. They went now, they left Abraham, they went to Sodom and Gomorrah uh, to go find Lot. Uh, and then Abraham then has his debate and with God where he says hey if there's 50 righteous in the city will you spare it and and God said sure 
how about 40? <laughs> and he just goes all the way down, and they, they negotiated and settled on 10. And there were not even 10 righteous in the city. But the point being here, we're talking about angels. Today they are, they, well, they are spirit beings, but they can materialize into human form. We know that because it's in the word of God. We see this taking place here. Uh, moving on, uh, moving on, the next thing is angels, of course, they belong to the celestial kingdom. And they are organized into ranks. We already read the passage of scripture in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 where it said God created all things that are in heaven. The angels are in heaven that are in earth, visible and invisible. So God created them, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And so just as this world is organized there are laws physical laws uh in in the world of course the, the spirit world is organized it's a very organized realm and angels are a part of the celestial kingdom which is also organized and it, it, it's organized and apparently it mirrors the kingdom kingdoms of this world because michael is the chief prince the bible tells us Michael is the one standing for Israel. Also back in the book of Daniel, chapter number 10, verse 21, it tells us that Michael, so there's, uh, there's different ranks of angels. There's some organization there in this celestial kingdom. It says, but I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. There is none that holdeth with me in these things but michael your prince he's talking with daniel daniel uh, being jewish and and so michael is the chief prince and his job is uh relates to the nation of israel also in daniel chapter 12 and verse number one it tells us um something that will happen it says at that time shall michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And uh, this is, goes in and talks about the tribulation. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And so we know Michael has a very uh, important role. God has given him an important role. Now, uh, what are some of the things that angels do? What, why did God create them? Well, we know that primarily God created them for him, for his glory. All things were created by God for him. But there are some ministries, we could call them, that angels are involved in. And there are some activities. I'll give you five of them. We know that they're called ministering spirits, and much of their focus is on those that are the heirs of salvation. If you're saved, you are a joint heir with Christ, and the angels are focused on us, on you. But number one, they, one of their activities is for the praise and worship of God. Psalm 148, verse 2 says, Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. God created angels because he is worthy to be praised. Some, 
someone needs to praise God, and the angels do it. And um, that's one of their activities. They also deliver key messages, and we talked about the messages that uh, Daniel received from the angel Gabriel. Uh, over in Daniel 10, verse 14, Gabriel said, Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. Dan- or Gabriel delivered, um, he, he, in the word of God, there, he was one of the angels that God used to deliver very uh, key important messages. Of course, the prophecies to Daniel, but also in the book of Luke, we know that Gabriel was used of God to deliver the message of the coming Messiah, of Jesus, to, um, to Mary. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings. So she saw the... Uh, you know, Gabriel uh, appears uh, to... He terrified her. <laughs> that um, goes to what we were just talking about. But um, verse 30 of Luke chapter 1, it says... And the angel, or Gabriel, said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. The most important message ever delivered to mankind was delivered by Gabriel to Mary. It goes on, And he shall be great, and he shall uh, be called the Son of the Highest, And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there, or of his kingdom there shall be no end. So they deliver very key messages. The message that the world needs to hear is the message of Jesus. And it was first delivered to Mary by an angel. Uh, we know they are also they protect God's people. They're um, you know ministers uh, to those that are the heirs of salvation. Um, back in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter six, this time, who was it that protected Daniel from the lions in the lions' den? Daniel six verse twenty two. Daniel proclaimed, "My God hath sent his angel, and hath shut the lions' mouth." that they have not hurt me. You know, Daniel, obviously he saw, he knew that an angel shut the lion's mouth. But, you know, you and I, we're, we're God's, if you're saved, you're joint heirs, heirs of salvation. There are angels that are protecting you and I. We just can't see them with our, with our um, material eyes. But they're real. They're there. Over in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12 and verse number 7, this time it was the Apostle Peter as he found himself in jail. Uh, he, he is now telling other Christians what had happened in Acts 12 verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him 
uh, or actually this is what this is just the narrative the angel of the lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote peter on the side and raised him up saying arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands see how powerful they are um god uh telling the angel go get peter break the chains from him and set him free out of prison they also fight spiritual battles these last two spiritual battles we see that taking place in the book of daniel where in daniel 10 verse 13 the prince of the kingdom of persia satan has his uh, angels his fallen angels that went with him the, this is talking about one of the fallen angels or the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, Gabriel is saying. But he said, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there with the king of Persia. And so uh, we, when we were studying Daniel 10, we talked about the spiritual warfare that takes place between uh between this unseen world and uh, also we know that at the end in revelation 12 verse 7 there's the bible tells us there's going to be a war in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought against his angels and so they are involved in battle they're involved in praising and worshiping god delivering messages they are busy busy spirit beings but then also we know at the very end they're going to execute God's judgment upon the world. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 39, it says uh, the, uh, the parable that sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels. Verse 41, and the son of man shall send forth his angels, Jesus says, and they shall gather out his kingdom, all that, uh, that offend, and them which do iniquity. Verse 49, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. We've talked about uh, you know, the, the wheat and the tares, these parables that the Lord gave when he was here on earth. What is gonna, these are parables of of things that are to come. There will come a time when God is going to separate the wicked from those that know the Lord. And the angels are going to be the ones that that help with that process. We also know prior to or right before when Jesus returns to earth, there are going to be um, vials of, of God's wrath poured out upon the earth. In Revelation chapter 16 and verse 4, says and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water and they became blood and so god uh, they're very important um angels they have ministries they don't just sit up on a cloud strumming the harp as satan would love to make uh you know make fun he's 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 changing the word of god when he does that this this corrupt picture of what they really do they are so busy they're protecting us they god has used them to deliver important messages um but you know understand they are underneath they are not equal to god they're underneath they serve 
God, just like you and I ought to be doing. We have a ministry, and we're not going to get into what our ministry is, but, you know, think of it this way. God's given angels a job to do. God's will for the angels, it's these up on the screen. What's God's will for you and I? Aren't we supposed to be? Angels are doing God's will for him. We ought to, we, we know what, our, what God's will is for us. We ought to be just as busy, just as busy. As I read through this list, I get exhausted with what angels are doing. But then finally, finally, and we're just circling back to the, this first point, the angelic host is innumerable. You cannot be counted. You know, I, I suppose we're saying, you know, one of, the, one of the things the angels do is to praise and worship God. Can you really cap the praise and worship of God? No. God deserves all praise, all worship. And angels are innumerable. You can't count them. And they're up there praising and worshiping God. God deserves every single praise. He, he, you know, all of it's earned. And so perhaps that's why there's an innumerable number. But um, some final scriptures here, uh, just to uh, show the point that really they cannot be counted. Um, Oh, one passage, it's in your handout, the reference there to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. In this chapter, we know Syria is at battle with, with uh, Israel, and there was a servant of God. And um, there, it's, it's interesting, Elijah prayed, the Bible says in verse 17, and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, the servant of God. So here is the servant of God, again, he can't see the invisible. He can't see what is around him. But Elijah prayed to God and said, God, just open this servant's eyes. They're at war. He can't see. Uh, Syria had surrounded him. And uh, the, the Bible tells us that in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You know, this really, I mean, God's not going to, he's not going to do this. He did it here. This man's eyes were open, and who did he see that was all surrounding him? It was the Lord's army. The, the existence of a heavenly army that had surrounded him. And, you know, he couldn't see it if it weren't but for, um, well, Elisha's prayer that God opened his eyes. But we, we can see through the eyes of faith. And we talked about God's thoughts towards us cannot be numbered cannot be numbered the sand of the sea doesn't even uh, that god's thoughts are more than the sand of the, the the sea towards us then these final um final verses talks about the chariots of god are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels luke chapter 2 verse 13 a multitude of heavenly hosts um 
praising God and saying, and it's his, um, the shepherds. Uh, and then Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11. Many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands and thousands. A multitude of angels. You know what? We're going to see this multitude in heaven. We're going to see this. We're going to see what? The heavenly Jerusalem. This city that is, we can't even imagine. We're going to see the innumerable host of or innumerable company of angels. And then verse 23 goes on, and we'll look at this next week, Lord willing. And it says, to the general assembly. And um, we're going to touch on that next week, who the general assembly is, because we're going to see them in heaven. And so, anyway, thank you for your attention. I hope uh, this was an encouragement. Uh, to you, so you are dismissed.